Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here for this Tuesday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you with us for this hour of spiritual direction every day at this time here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And if I start off a phrase, do you think you could finish it? It depends on what I say, of course, but if it's something that's familiar enough, if it's something you've heard often enough, or even maybe you've said it yourself, then you're probably going to be able to finish the phrase, finish that line. And in fact, I'll even, uh, I didn't warn him about this, but Nick, my producer, Nick, go ahead and open your mic and we'll see if you can finish a, a couple of these. If I say space, the final frontier, these are the voyages of, can you finish it? Uh, no, I can't. I know it's from Star Trek though. It's from Star Trek. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Ah. My dad used to have the reruns of Star Trek playing on television most nights when I was a kid, so I don't know how many hundreds of times I've probably heard that. Um, now, another one, and this might show difference between ages here. I'm a Gen Xer, and uh, Nick, you're a millennial, right? That's right. So if you're my age or older, you can probably finish this. We'll see if a millennial can. If I say the words, uh, three words, see if you know the fourth one. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hassenpfeffer. Any idea? No idea. Never heard it. No idea? <laughs> All right. So that's, it's from the opening credits of Laverne and Shirley. And they start off with um, an eight count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hassenpfeffer, Incorporated. And then it kicks into the song. So uh, like I say, anybody my age or older probably knew that. Uh, okay. More than television shows. Here's another one. When you were a child, did you have to memorize this, Nick? Four score and seven years ago. Our there you go. Okay, so this one brought forth upon this continent a new nation. Right, yes. The Gettysburg Address. So I, I think I was in fourth grade when I memorized that speech. Part of our American history, those words, um, you know, they still have such meaning, such, such depth. Mm -hmm. In only 10 sentences, Lincoln eloquently and succinctly, he memorialized those fallen soldiers, and then he stated the importance of attempting to preserve our nation. And as we begin the show today, you know, looking at certain words, certain phrases, they can carry that weight. They can carry importance. When I was in high school, I remember seeing the movie Beckett. And this stars Richard Burton as Thomas Beckett. It stars Peter O'Toole as King Henry II. And in the film, you see King Henry. He uses his power as the monarch to appoint his friend and the Chancellor of England, Thomas Beckett, to be the Archbishop of Canterbury. And King Henry, he does this to have someone that he can hopefully control in that high position within the church. But in that movie, when you're watching it, when Thomas Beckett is being ordained as an archbishop, 
you can see in his face, you can see in his eyes that he's taking everything that is being spoken very seriously. Those words that are spoken over him, they're words that transform him from a loyal friend of the king to being a loyal son of the church. And he takes those words that are spoken in his ordination, he takes them to heart in such a serious way that eventually he will be martyred for remaining loyal to the church, that over being loyal to the government. Of course, this is a dramatized telling of these events, but we too, we can encounter words. Perhaps we've heard them many times, again and again, words that might even fly by a bit unnoticed because they're so familiar. But when you stop, when you pause to really think about what's being said, you realize that those words, they hold serious significance, especially in our Catholic faith. Sometimes we say words, other times we hear words, but these words, they have that power to transform us. It might be the words of absolution in the sacrament of confession, where we are freed from our sins. We can encounter these transforming words when the priest prays the words of Jesus over ordinary elements of bread and wine that then become the body of, and, and the blood of Christ. And we pray words of power, words of transformation, when we, we repeat, we pray in the manner that Jesus himself taught us. And I'm sure you can, as you're listening, you can finish these words. Our Father, who art in heaven. That one we want to spend today looking at. We want to look at what we're praying when we do pray the Our Father. And when we understand what we're saying, when we understand the words that we're using, how are we going to live our lives differently? Joining us today as our spiritual director, I'm glad to welcome to the program for the very first time, Father Peter Marshall is joining us here today. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the pastor of St. Jude's Catholic Church there in Indianapolis. Father Peter, welcome to The Inner Life today. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, and before maybe we jump into looking at uh, the prayer that we have Jesus teach us, the Our Father, uh, maybe since it is your first time here on the program, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're there in Indianapolis. Is that where you've always lived? Is that where you grew up? Uh, It is not. I grew up in uh, central Illinois, but I went to college in Indiana and moved to Indianapolis uh, when I graduated in 96. Wonderful. Well, and so... Was it while you were in college, or was it a different encounter, uh, some other moment in your life that you realized God was calling you to be a priest? Uh, it was definitely a different encounter uh, after college, because I had to become Catholic first, and then be called to be a priest. Uh, so <laughs> so that's, that's the order in which that worked, uh, thankfully. And, uh, but yeah, I... I lived in was living in Indianapolis at the time and uh uh just have uh settled in and been here ever since. Well, so okay, so you're a convert to the faith. Uh I, yes. I also am uh, it really, you know, the the 92nd version of your conversion. How did you end up encountering the Catholic Church? What led to your your conversion? Uh it was kind of an exploration of historical Christianity as well as a desire for kind of a deeper philosophical or theological understanding of um, sin and suffering in life. And uh, I 
through a kind of long and torturous process, ended up uh, grateful to be received into full communion. Mm. So the question of uh, why does God allow suffering and pain and sin, that's what yeah. led you into the Church? Oh, that, that's, that's at least that's... The, the beginning, yeah. Okay, sure. That's such a common question or a, a um, an argument that is raised for people who want to refute the idea that there is a God. So I, I right. we'll have to have a conversation about that another time. But um, <laughs> sounds good. But that I, I I think that would be fascinating to hear how that led you to realize there truly is a God, and I want to serve Him. Uh, now that you've been a priest for several years, what's maybe the most unexpected or surprising blessing of your vocation for you? You know, uh, I really think I'm constantly amazed, as somebody who didn't grow up Catholic, by just the the warm reception people give simply because I am a priest. And uh, it's so heartening uh, in this life to encounter so many people who just, because I am a priest... Um, are open to to meeting me and uh, welcoming me into their homes or the hospital rooms or whatever. It's a it's a blessing to see that other priests before me had had created a a space for uh, for that respect and uh, affection. Mm, that's so nice to hear. Um, you know, there's yeah. we, we're kind of in this post Christian culture that there can be a lot of animosity towards people when we talk about religion, so it's nice to hear that that's been your experience as a Catholic priest. Well, today we want to, as I said, look at the Our Father. This is what we hear if we go to Mass today. It's the Gospel reading, and we encounter this in the sixth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. And before we actually look at the prayer itself, it might be good to talk about what Jesus says right before that. Um, he he gives some instructions, some kind of preliminaries there before he goes into the words of the prayer itself. Um, he ends up saying that we shouldn't make a show of ourselves, that mm-hmm. uh, we should go to an inner room, pray in secret. That's a little before today's uh, you know reading where it picks up. Right. But then it ends. He ends up also saying that we shouldn't babble like the pagans. Don't you know? Sometimes that's referred to as vain repetition in prayer. And then Jesus says that God the Father knows what we need before we ask Him. So we've got a few different things here as we're looking at what Jesus says before beginning the prayer. So maybe we can look at at these three different aspects: praying in private, vain repetition, and then. God knows what we need before we ask. Uh, praying in private, you know, I, I, the Our Father, it's the one prayer that we very specifically do pray together in the context of the Mass being right. a prayer itself. But we all corporately together, not in private, pray the Our Father there. Um, can you talk to us about praying in private, how, how we should understand this when Jesus is giving these instructions? Yeah, I think... Uh... I think that's a great question, and um, I think part of it is if we look at the Mass, the Mass is constantly uh, a tension, if you will, between the communal and the individual prayer, and we kind of go back and forth between we're all praying together and then we're, we're praying at the same time but individually to the Father. And uh, 
so I don't think there's any sense in Catholicism that Christ meant to forbid public prayer. And we see this even with uh, Jesus going to the temple many times to pray uh, at as the Jewish custom and law was. Um, but I think he's emphasizing that uh, we all need also a personal prayer life, an individual prayer life, in which uh, we aren't only praying in community, but we're also taking care to nurture that personal prayer life. Sure. The, and, you know, the other thing that comes to mind is Jesus himself saying, where two or more of you are gathered in my name. Right. So again, he encourages us to join together in prayer and even yeah. emphasizes the the power that is there when we're not just on our own praying. There's still that power in individual prayer, but when mm -hmm. we're united in prayer, there can be even more power there on calling upon Jesus. Right. Uh, so let's let's talk about vain repetition then. Um, you know, don't babble like the pagans. They think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Uh, this is a common objection from non-Catholic Christians when we pray something like the rosary. We repeat right. the, the Hail Mary again and again and again. Uh, so uh, what's the difference between repetition in prayer and vain repetition? Yeah, uh, that's, a good <laughs> that's a good question. And I think part of it comes down to... Uh, the object of our prayer, as well as uh, the method of our prayer. So when we pray the rosary, we are largely repeating the words of Scripture. You know, the Hail Mary is uh, a couple of Scripture verses stitched together uh, with a little bit of extra. Uh, but you also pray the Our Father repeatedly. You pray the Glory Be, which has scriptural roots. Um, so we're praying largely the Word of God, which we know can never be in vain. Um, but also that we are uh, entering into a spirit of prayer, and it's not a uh, it's not a show. And and here you have to think of like the Greek and Roman religions, which were largely an exercise in uh, patriotic citizenship that. You, you paid the offering to the temple, which was uh, partly uh, paying tax, and you supported the state religion and showed that you were a good Roman citizen by praying at the Temple of Zeus or whatever. Um, and, and Christ is saying, be sincere in your prayer, not just making a show of it uh, like the pagans do. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, and, you know, I think you could take that same approach in a, uh, a romantic relationship. You know, if, yes. if I'm just doing it to try and put on a show and saying words that are empty, that are insincere, well, uh, that probably means there's not going to be much substance for that romantic relationship. But if I'm saying in all sincerity, I love my wife, and I tell her, you know, in the morning before I go to work, I text her during the day, I, you know, come home after work, I give her a kiss and say, I love you, I say I love you, you know, before we go to bed. Just because I keep on saying that phrase again and again, it doesn't mean that there's anything lacking right. in those words. <laughs> just because, I, you know, she doesn't come back and say, uh, why are you just saying the same thing again and again and again and again? Uh, no, she appreciates the fact that I continue to emphasize what I really feel and what I really mean toward her. Yes, absolutely. 
So Absolutely. let's talk about this this final aspect here. God knows what we need before we ask, but as soon as Jesus says that, he says, then here is how you're supposed to pray. Right. And there's a lot of asking in that prayer. So uh, that that does kind of raise the question, are we, you know, why do we need to pray if God our Father already knows what we need before we do right. ask him? Well, I think if we look at the Our Father specifically, then we see that what we are asking for ourselves are are kind of general. Uh, there, we know that they're in line with God's will, and um, they are also uh, everyday kind of requests. Uh, they aren't extraordinary in any way. So we ask God to provide uh, our daily bread, right? What we need to survive and thrive this day on earth. And then we ask to be forgiven for our sins as we forgive, which includes a kind of implicit ask that we would have the strength to forgive. And then we ask God to keep us safe from temptation. And uh, if we look at lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, in other words, keep us safe from sin and lead us to yourself, um, that's perfectly in line with God knowing what we need before we ask him. And we're just kind of reminding him, don't, don't neglect us today, but give us what we need to thrive as your sons and daughters. Mm. Also kind of, you know, it, it acknowledges, I know you are God. I know I'm not. I know you provide right. everything for me. You know, I know my place. I, I don't want to kid myself or fool myself here that I have the capability of bringing all this about. I can't Absolutely. forgive myself for these sins. I can't deliver myself from evil. Um, you are the only one. So I, I think there's also that kind of recognizing who we are and where we stand in the grand scheme of things. Right. Absolutely. So, Father... Any other things that you might recommend that we, I, I guess, just as kind of underpinnings for us, um, you know, we've got these kind of guidelines from Jesus. They're not necessarily exhaustive, but they're very important, obviously. But any other things that you think might be important for us to understand or take into account before we enter into prayer, things that might make us, um, our, our, our prayer time as beneficial and as fruitful as possible? Yeah, I think if we look at kind of the wisdom of St. Ignatius uh, in, as he writes his spiritual exercises, he encourages uh, those participating in the exercises to begin their prayer period with an Our Father or a Glory Be. And in other words, to kind of use the prayer of the church, uh, the rote prayer, the memorized prayer, use that prayer to help us ease into uh, our times of individual prayer, and then to end that time of individual prayer with the prayer of the church again. And um, I think that's a great use of the Our Father or the Glory Be or the Hail Mary in our own personal prayer lives to kind of help us uh, put away the cares of the world and open our hearts and our minds to the presence of God by slipping into familiar, not vain, but familiar language, and um, 
really help us step out of the uh, the distractions of the world. Hmm. We're talking with Father Peter Marshall today here on The Inner Life. He's our spiritual director, and I'll open up the phone lines here. Uh, phone number to call in is 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. As we are talking about the prayer, the Our Father, uh, it is in the Gospel reading that we uh, hear today at Mass. And what has helped you to have that better understanding of what you're praying each time that you say those words of the Our Father? And... Was there a time that you you really did truly start praying it? Not just reciting the words, but actually understanding what you're saying, allowing you to go into a deeper time of prayer. And how has that changed your life? How has that helped you grow closer to God? Maybe you have a question about the Our Father or about prayer in general, and you'd like to talk with Father Peter. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. And we're going to have to go to a break in just a moment. But another thing might be good to talk about here, Father, um, is the fact that in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire last section is actually dedicated to examining and explaining the Our Father. So if somebody wants to go into greater detail, then we're able to get into here in just the limited uh, time that we have during this hour. That's a great place to turn and look for a more in-depth uh, kind of dive into this model prayer that Jesus gives us. Um, that's one place. Any other resources that you might recommend for somebody if they want to look at the Our Father and have some some you know uh, additional reflections, um, something that can help them kind of spend that time meditating upon what the words are that Jesus gave us. I should have anticipated this question because you very kindly sent me uh, an outline before <laughs> before today. Uh, there there's literally uh, entire bookshelves of books written on the Our Father, and I think. I think I would say uh, certainly uh, Catholic sources are very helpful here, but this is a prayer we do share with other brothers and sisters in the faith. The Orthodox certainly value the Our Father very much, and uh, many Protestants over the years have as well. And so uh, there's just a plethora of resources available to help you uh, mine the depths of this uh, kind of deceptively simple prayer. Father Peter Marshall, again, our spiritual director, and the phone number, 888-914-9149, as we talk about this prayer that Jesus himself gave us, the Our Father, 888-914-9149. Coming up next, we'll start looking at the specific parts of the prayer, what we're actually saying, and hopefully walk away at the end of this hour with a much better understanding of what we really are praying, and by that, allow ourselves to enter into deeper prayer and a deeper relationship with Christ, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit, and you can call in 888-914-9149. Back with more right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today we'd like to thank Mario, who's listening in South Carolina, for donating his Oldsmobile. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating your old vehicle by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you along with us as today we're talking about the prayer that Jesus gave us, the Our Father, and looking at 
what those words really mean when we pray them. Not just reciting them as part of something that, oh yeah, I know that prayer by memory, but how do we really enter into that prayer? And what has helped you in that way in your life? What has helped you to be able to have that better understanding of what you're actually praying when you say those words, Our Father who art in heaven? When did you start truly praying it? Not just reciting the words praying with the meaning of those words, and how has that impacted your life? How has that helped you to grow closer to God? The number to call into the studio, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about something in the prayer itself, 888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Our spiritual director is Father Peter Marshall, a priest in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And uh, Father, as we continue our conversation, let's go into the prayer itself. And so we start off with calling, addressing God, more specifically the first person of the Trinity as Father. And this could be a difficult thing for some people as they pray, because Mm. we have so many people in our our society who have grown up with wounds, with baggage from the relationship that they have with their earthly father, or maybe even there was a lack of a father in the home. So if, if I'm someone who has grown up and I've had that poor example, that poor representation of fatherhood in my life, how can I look past that? How can I get beyond that and really have a better grasp and a true understanding of what it means to call God my father? Right. I think uh, that's a great question. Um, I think we start with acknowledging the reality that God... Uh, God transcends or is beyond uh, being male or female in God's essence, right? But that God chooses to reveal himself to us as a father. That's the relationship that God offers us. And uh, so we we look at that as this is God's deciding uh, that the best way for us to relate to God is as our Father. And uh, when we begin to understand that, we, we can begin to, to, to see that God is the model and not humans who have let us down or who have hurt us or who have been absent, but rather God sets the standard for that relationship of care and of love and and of discipline as well. Um, and I, I also think it's important for folks who have these wounds um, to be encouraged to, to work through it with God and not step around it, right? Uh, that that God has infinite patience for us as we as we work, uh, through these difficulties and um, delights in us, even if we, as we attempt and maybe fail the first couple of times to really connect in that way, um, he's just delighted that we're reaching out. Yeah, well, and I really, I like how, you know, don't don't get it backwards, you know, that God is right. the one who sets the standard, kind of, you know, in the way that uh, man and woman, we are created in the image of God, yeah. that it's not God who is created in the image of man or woman. That's right. uh, so yeah, don't don't reverse the roles there. So God Himself shows us the ideal 
of perfect fatherhood. And even though we might fall short, we can see representations in those we know, even if they fall short, but don't get right. caught up on the falling short. <laughs> get get focused on what it really should be and look to God himself. And, the, and if that's the case, as in all things with our relationship with God, where you know our, our our human relationships can oftentimes disappoint we can be let down right god will never disappoint that's right yeah. so let's look at hallowed be thy name and mm-hmm. you know th- this is kind of an older english translation here that hallowed be thy name can you just give us some thoughts on what we might consider when we talk about the sacredness of God's name, the holiness of God, right? Uh, so I think exactly right. You're you're kind of translating already. Hallowed. Uh, it's the same word for All Hallows Eve, right? Halloween. Uh, it's that English, old English word for uh, oh, blessed or sanctified or. Uh, those kind of concepts. And when we pray this in the Our Father, what we're praying is, um, may your name be blessed above all names. May your name be holy above all names. We're, it's a, it's a, an, an utterance of praise on our part. And, uh, you know, you've done a great job today of focusing on uh, the importance of right relationship between us and God, and this is another aspect of that, that we we recognize that God is the Holy One. He is uh, the one above all others. And so this utterance of praise there uh, is an important piece of that um, humility on our part there. Well, and I'm going to keep us moving along. I know there's a lot more yeah. we could go into, but I just I want to make sure we're able to, uh, you know, cover all the different aspects of the prayer. Sure. Um, we now come to where we start having the petitions, and that first right. one, "Thy kingdom come." How do you look at this petition? What are we really asking for when we pray for God's kingdom to come? So I think we're we're looking at two things at once here. One is for our sake that. Uh, God would usher in and fulfill his promise of the kingdom of justice and peace and and uh, love that will reign, um, the, a kingdom that Jesus himself spends a lot of time talking about. But it's also linked to the phrase before where we're saying, um, can may everybody know your power as we know it. So there's there's still an element of praise there even as we do begin to petition there. You know, one of the other things that comes to my mind, too, is that although there are are so many different applications we could talk about in the kingdom of God coming about here, um, one that always comes to my mind is that it it shouldn't be a passive petition on my part. Mm. You know, God, you know, bring about your kingdom, and (laughs) I'm just going to go over here, and I'm just going to wait and watch you while you, you do that. Rather, it becomes a call for me being a child of God, being part of the body of Christ, and having that hope of being an eternal citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I'm not passive in that, but I should actively be living and bringing God's kingdom into the here and now so that uh, it's 
It's not just me asking, it's me also recognizing I'm called to bring about the kingdom of God. Right, absolutely. And and Jesus makes that clear throughout the rest of his teaching that uh, God has, in some ways, given the kingdom, the advancement of the kingdom into our hands, and it's our job to carry that forward. So then we come to the next part, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And for me, I guess this speaks to allowing God's will not simply to be done on earth in a general sense, but very specifically allowing God's will to be done in my life. Because if if I do that, if you do that, if all of us say, okay, not again, not in some sort of distant sense that thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, if God's will is done in my life. And if everybody has that same desire and attitude, we're going to see the world transformed in a, a, an amazing way. Absolutely. And again, it's kind of a nice callback to your kingdom come, because when his kingdom comes, then his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Like, and it, the kingdom is the is the fullness of his will being instantaneous and perfect throughout all of creation. Sure. Well, and this also comes, you know, very similar words that we hear Jesus himself pray in the garden right before he's arrested. You know, if if this cup can pass from me, please, Father, but not my will, but your will be done. And so I think that's another part here that's important for us to recognize is when we pray for God's will to be done here on earth, in our selfishness, in our weakness, <laughs> we, can, right. we can sometimes be praying for something that we might not recognize in the moment. Oh, that's your will? I really wish it wasn't God. Right. I wish there was another way. <laughs> Yes. I, I do think, though, like, you know, the psalmist, he writes uh, that you have given us, you have given me the desires of my heart. And as we grow in the spiritual life, what happens is that my desires become indistinguishable from God's desires, right? And that God, I begin to desire what God desires as, as my own. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it it, it changes. Well, I think that's also, you know, I, I see that in, in my life married as well. You know, my wife yeah. and I might have had much different ideas on what we thought on different uh, subjects, even, you know, when it comes to the way that the house should be decorated or the way that, uh, you know, we want to have priorities in things we want to accomplish as a married couple with our children, whatever it is, the longer we're together the more my will and my ideas fall in line with hers, even to the point that when we're talking with our, our children, um, you know, one of us might say something, and then if the other one isn't in the room, we might say, hey, you know, I just, I just was talking with our son or our daughter about this, and I won't say my thoughts. What are, what are you thinking? Right. And we might say almost the exact same thing, you know, slightly different wording, but yeah. we both have the exact same idea or response to that child, even though we didn't talk about it beforehand. So, yeah, I, I, I think what you're saying, the more that we avail ourselves to 
saying, I want your will to be done. And, and the better we know God himself, the yes. more that his will is just going to, we'll find ourselves aligning right with it. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, Father, one of the questions I, I had asked you, and you had, uh, you know, some different recommendations, but um, also, I, I, yeah, I'd love to throw this out for other listeners who have recommendations, uh, maybe resources you've come across that are great for helping you to dive deeper into the Our Father. And Paul is calling us from Bangor, Maine. Uh, he's got a recommendation on one resource that has helped him. Paul, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Thank you so much, and uh, what a great topic, and uh, what a great thing to uh, talk about during Lent season. Yeah, and what's, uh, what's your recommendation for uh, some way that somebody might be able to learn a little bit more about the Our Father? Well, my, uh, I, I'm a, I'm, I tend to be a contemplative uh, thinker, and uh, I know for some people that, uh, that that's pretty thick and heavy, but um, I definitely love Teresa of Avila and uh, John of the Cross and just can't get enough of those types of readings. And uh, there's a book by Teresa called The Way of Perfection. And in that book, I believe it's chapter 26 or 7, she gets into taking apart the Our, the Our Father word for word. And just to give you an idea of her depth, uh, you know, the first word, Our, she spends about, you know, a couple of paragraphs just dissecting what that means, that we're um, brothers and sisters in Jesus, that he's allowed us to be part of his family with that word our, that we're all together, we're all one family. And she just dives deeper and deeper um, in in that chapter, uh, specifically about the Our Father. Paul, thanks so much for the call and the recommendation. And uh, Father, I, I've not read through um, the, uh, the Way of Perfection. Is that a book you're familiar with? It, it is. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. It It is not for... Uh, everyone <laughs> it is a little bit like uh jumping into the deep end uh okay. as far as uh kind of mystical theology and prayer but uh if if god has been leading you towards that i think it's a invaluable resource wonderful thanks again for the recommendation paul and our studio line to call in and join the program 888-914-9149 888-914-9149 as we're talking today with father peter marshall uh, about the our father looking at what we really are praying trying to have a better understanding of the prayer so that we can enter into that prayer and it can transform us it can transform our time in prayer it can help it lead us into deeper relationship with god and uh, we'd love to hear how that has happened in your life. 888-914-9149. More of your phone calls, more with Father Peter Marshall coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. This is The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. I'm Josh Raymond, and glad to have you here with us today as we're looking at the prayer that Jesus gave us, the Our Father, and having a better understanding of that prayer 
what we're really saying as we pray the different parts of that prayer. And our spiritual director today is Father Peter Marshall. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, the pastor of St. Jude's Catholic Church there in Indianapolis. And uh, the studio line that you can call in, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we're working our way through the different parts of this prayer. And uh, Father, we've actually got Rob, who's uh, got a question about the next section of the prayer that we come to. Rob, you're on the air here with Father Peter. Welcome to The Inner Life. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate uh, the segment. It's an enjoyment. Um, so it sounds silly to me, but for years, even as a child, I um, I kind of kept questioning as we're going through the Lord's Prayer, it's, uh, it, is, it a, is it possible, um, is it an interpretation that I'm tripping up on when it when it gets to the part of the prayer of um, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses, to say the prayer in the redundancy of you know people saying that prayer, it, it sounds to me like there's two parts there, but I've always interpreted the prayer as give us this day, comma, our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, three separate things. I was wondering what, uh, what you thought of that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, a good question. Um, I think it's give us this day our daily bread, and that that's uh, uh, one phrase, and then it switches, and in uh, the lectionary version of the scriptures, there's a semicolon there after bread, so there's an indication that we're we're changing focus there, but that give us this day our daily bread is one thought. Rob, great question. And, you know, kind of following up on that, one thing that I guess stands out to me is when we have that time that we pray, you know, asking for our daily bread, we we could understand that, of course, practically, just physical needs, Mm -hmm. give us the things we need to survive this day. But, you know, with the Eucharist, we can also look at that as asking God to provide uh, spiritual spiritual food, spiritual sustenance for us. Um, But, the the fact that it's give us this day, I think that's really important too. You know, yeah. we're not asking for next week or next month or the next twenty years, and you know, just with this mysterious bread from heaven, the Eucharist, which is very reminiscent right. of the Israelites and they're wandering there in the wilderness. God provides that daily manna, and He only gave them what they needed for that day. Uh, probably for many reasons we have this, and this is why we pray this ourselves. You know, it helps us avoid greed in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. You know, show us that God will provide. But I, I guess trust is the biggest thing that I think it, it comes down to for me is, do yeah. I trust God that he will provide, and I don't need to try and squander away things to try and rely on myself. God wants me to just trust and rely on him. Yes, and and also that there's in that trust and reliance on him, it's I don't have to ask for tomorrow because that's tomorrow. And I trust that God will still be there tomorrow as he is today and today providing my daily bread. Well, let's, uh, we're getting down to just a few minutes left here. So let's talk about this uh, next section, Forgive Us Our Trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And, you know, this, of course, is, um, you know, a key aspect of our faith, asking for forgiveness for our own sins. But this is the only part of the prayer that Jesus 
ends up after he gives us the prayer. He goes back and clarifies right. this particular phrase, which should make us stand up and notice here as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's two things that we tend uh, in our contemporary life to get confused about with forgiveness. And one is that we need to wait to be asked to forgive somebody. That is, we, we, well, they haven't asked for forgiveness. I can't give them, mm-hmm. I can't forgive sure. them until they ask for it. No, Christ makes very clear, forgiveness is about m- me and my heart and has nothing to do with the other person. Right. And when I'm counseling folks, I often point out that forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation, right? The relationship may not be healed, but my heart can be healed. And my heart is healed by choosing to forgive someone. And I think the other thing that we get confused on uh, with forgiveness is we've watched too many Hallmark movie of the week, right? Like where we expect that forgiveness (laughs) is going to be this big, glowing, one-time event. And instead, forgiveness is hard, painful, day-after-day kind of work. And um, Christ knows that. And that's why every time we pray the Our Father, we ask for the strength to forgive uh, those who trespass against us. Mm. Yeah, ask for the strength, because uh, sometimes if somebody's really, really hurt you, yeah. you can find yourself in a position where it's, I, I just don't know how I can forgive them. So right. again, that goes back to that trust. I have to, I have to allow God to work in my life. I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. Absolutely. Uh, let's look at that last phrase, Father. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, we know we're going to face certain temptations always throughout our life. What are we really asking for? You kind of made a, a, a very brief uh, allusion yeah. to this at the beginning of the hour, but lead us not into temptation. Does God lead us into temptation? You know, we're asking him to he deliver doesn't. us from evil. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. This is, uh, I don't know uh, if you're as big of a kind of church news nerd as I am, but I don't know, a year or two ago, this was a little bit in the news of uh, different languages trying to translate this a little bit differently to clear up. God does not tempt us, and he does not lead us into temptation, but it is a prayer to say, lead us in the right way. Lead us to yourself. Lead us in a way of uh, safety. Lead us in a way um, of peace. And that's made clear in the second phrase, deliver us from evil. Uh, but it's, it should not be read as to nothing. God can't do something bad, so he can't lead us into temptation. Well, the other thing that we might reference just briefly, it's not here in this scripture reading that we have at Mass. Um, Some later translations of the New Testament include a little doxology. We have a version of this that we pray at Mass, uh, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. this is really just kind of a, a giving glory back to God. And, you know, at Mass, it's a nice kind of coming full circle. We started yeah. off with acknowledging who God is. We come back at the end acknowledging who God is. Right. And most uh, biblical scholars believe that that doxology was added by a translator at some point, um, 
probably innocently, maybe even somebody who just was incredibly moved by the Our Father mm, and, sure. and uh, just kind of wrote down a quick uh, word of praise, and then uh, somebody else wasn't paying attention and just copied that as part of the prayer. <laughs> Yeah, but that's yeah. why, uh, as Catholics, we separate that in the Mass so that we're kind of acknowledging this isn't really part of what Christ himself said in that scripture. Father Peter Marshall, it's been a delight to talk with you. I hope we can have you back again sometime soon. Absolutely. And, uh, this was a... great fun. Wonderful. Well, we're down to about 30 seconds here. Could I ask you to offer a final blessing for all of our listeners today? Sure. The Lord be with you. And, with and may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. Thank you again, Father Peter, and I want to say thank you to Patrick Alog and to Nick Sentovich for their help in producing the program today. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained. Tomorrow here on The Inner Life, we're going to be talking about the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. It's a perfect time during the season of Lent to avail ourselves to that sacrament, and we'll talk about that look at the healing power of that sacrament and what Jesus offers us there. I uh, hope you have a blessed rest of your day. Day. And we'll talk with you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.